0: What, everybody's just completely out of booze now is this like the the dark time after the holidays <laughs> <or>?
1: <laughs>
0: thomas our tank engine
1: tank C-J.
0: tank
2: cj hi there it's alex your gm thanks for joining us for another episode of tuesday gaming before we get into it i want to go over some things uh as you may be aware by now we will be at carnage 22 in killington vermont November 2nd and November 3rd. You can show up as early as the 1st though. It is the premier tabletop role-playing convention in the Northeast. So there's going to be a lot of that going on. Matt and myself will be running a couple games ourselves and if you're so inclined, you could uh you could join those, but like many tabletop games, space is limited. So what can you do? You can go to tabletop.events/conventions/carnage-22 i will take you to their convention page. Links are on the right for badges and tickets. Badges are needed to get in. You can pre-order to pay less than paying at the door. Uh, and pre-orders close mid-o- mid-October. So don't dawdle on those. Click the tickets link to find tabletop games to join. You can search for a keyword or event number if you have anything specific in mind. Uh, there's a lot of events, so feel free to spool through those. I myself will be running a fun little Pathfinder module called The Feast of Ravenmore, and Matt will be running the entirety of the Age of Ashes AP for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, or at least as much of it as he can. My event number is 329, and Matt's event number is 291. So moving on, don't forget to rate us and leave a review on iTunes. We have visibility on these, so I know you guys are shirking this step. So here's what I want you to do. Stop what you're doing. Close your web browsers. If you're driving, pull over. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to the podcast app, go to Swiss Army Scorpion page, and scroll all the way down until you see the ratings and review section. You'll know you're there when you see 5 out of 5 stars because we're that good. Select the number of stars you want to give us, but let's be honest, we know you're going to click 5 stars. The app will then prompt you to leave a review. Now's your chance to leave a nice, long, heartfelt reason you can't live without Swiss Army Scorpion's Tuesday Gaming Podcast or just a single sentence. I don't really care. If you don't have an iPod or iPad, figure it out. Download iTunes, create an account, and it's probably the same steps. Maybe not, though. I don't really know. I have an iPhone and work computer that doesn't let me download iTunes, so I only know the steps for the iPhone. The point is, you have no excuses. And for those who have already left a rating and review, I salute you. This episode is for you. Episode 72, Party in Port Peril. The scene opens on a close-up of a tricorn hat. The salt-stained, black leather hat is being turned over in a pair of worn yet delicate hands. A low, feminine voice hums a sailor's tune beneath the roiling static of ocean waves. As the camera slowly pans back, fiery red locks of hair fall into view, draped over the shoulders and arms of the person holding the hat. Finally, the camera gives us a full view of the hat owner, Sandera Quinn, sitting at the railing of the bow of the internship legs dangling over the edge. While absent-mindedly playing with her hat, she looks out over the vast sea, with the early afternoon sun hanging high overhead. Behind her, the clamor of the crew of the internship can be heard on the main deck and throughout the rigging as they work on their day-to-day jobs. The noise is just a muffled klaxon of bangs and shouts as Sendera idly gazes out at nothing in particular, a somber smile on her face. A hand comes down and rests on Sendera's shoulder. Her smile widens. As she closes her eyes on a blissful sigh, she reaches across her chest and squeezes the hand in hers. Manny. Captain! Sandera's eyes jump open, and suddenly, the shouts and bangs of her crew cut clear through the air. She can feel the rough, calloused skin of Mahim's hand in hers. Captain Sandera, can you hear me? Sandera breathes and gasps for a moment, wildly looking around for Manny, who, she slowly comes to realize, had been but a memory. After calming down, Sandera stands up, a bit embarrassed. But determined to keep face in front of her first mate. What? What is it? Mahim hesitates for a moment, concern tilting his head slightly. We've spotted sails, Captain. Mahim points to the distant sea, to the ship's port side. Sandera removes a spyglass from her belt and peers through at Mahim's heading and spies a merchant ship flying the flag of Rahodom. Sandera lowers the spyglass with a grin. Hot to port, Mahim. Let's get some booty. The crew moves with newfound energy as they direct the ship toward their quarry. The internship slices through the rough waves of the fever sea, determined to catch its prey before it can escape. The ship closes the distance with unknown efficiency, only six hours from spotting it. Sendera's instincts tug at her good mood. Something's wrong. Only a few miles from the Rohodomi ship, Sendera shouts up to the crow's nest. How many fighters?" A moment's pause from the lookout. Uh, none. I don't see anyone above deck, Captain. Sendera returns her attention to the merchant ship, an unease creeping out the back of her neck. Mahim pumps his fist high into the air. An easy victory! The sailors no doubt recognized our flag and jumped ship, lest they know the wrath of the internship, scourge of the fever sea! Sandera continues to glare at the abandoned ship as it grows closer, as if locked in a staring contest with a corpse. Finally, the two ships' railings are lashed together, and a boarding party is formed, including Mahim. Before he can hop over, though, Sandera puts a hand on his shoulder. I'm going over this time. Mahim looks as though the only thing stopping him from disobeying with a sneer is his sense of loyalty. Get a second boarding party together, and be ready to either jump over in a hurry, or cut the ship free and run. I've got a bad feeling about this. Emboldened by Sendera's foreboding orders, Mahim gives her an enthusiastic salute and sends two crewmen down to the internship's armory. Sendera hops over the railing after her crew and pauses. She had expected... something. A shift in the air. A noise. An ambush. Something. But no cinematic shift came with her boarding. The lack of a sign of danger seems to unnerve her further. Moving together, the party checks the captain's cabin, then the officer's quarters. Nothing out of place. The grate in the middle of the main deck is half-lowered, creating a ramp into the lower hold. Sindera leads her group down. The stench hits them, full in the face. Rows of cages line the walls of the hold. Inside the cages lay the rotting carcasses of various animals. Cow and horse corpses fill out most of them, the rot of death baking under the sun for far too long. Sandera's group begins stumbling back up the ramp, away from the stench. <coughs> where, where do you where do you think you're going? The grate of this hold has also been half-lowered, forming a ramp into the lower hold. The sunlight pouring in through the moved grate above them can't fully reach into the lower hold. Semi-darkness sits in wait while Sandera stares down into it. Her crew halted at her questioning, and waits fretfully for an order, hoping in vain that they're able to go back up above decks. The semi-darkness calls out with a thunderous silence, daring Sandera to plunge deeper. Her instincts tell her to go back. There was something terrible on this ship, though. She knew it, and never finding it was too horrible for her to think about. Down we go. Sandera leads the wheezing, heaving party into the lower hold, her rapier now drawn and glowing with the light of Besmera. As they descend, the air of death and decay slowly thins, and the semi-darkness, a tolerable smell of rot still lingers. There was death down here, as well, but not to the magnitude of the main hold. Be ready for anything. Syndera begins exploring the hold. As she approaches the stern end, Vesmera's light reveals large cages, much bigger than those for the livestock above them. She steps closer to get a better look at their contents, but trips on something on the hold's floor. Captain, are you okay?" One of the crewmen gives her a hand. Looks like you found the ship's crew, Captain. As she's hoisted up, she looks down and gasps. A dozen or so bodies lie lifeless on the floor, all dressed as sailors, their limbs and torsos riddled with holes. Sendera remembers well her time at Rickety Squibs and Blood Cove when she fought lifeless bodies, strung up and moved about by strange, squid-like creatures like some horrible puppeteers. Captain Devoth had even encountered more at Port Peril in Cutilis. But where were they now? With a feeling of dread in her gut, Sendera guides her glowing sword back toward the huge cages in the hold. Now closer, she can see that they're open and empty. Sandera's gaze returns to the ramps that lead to the main deck. Captain Sendera. One of her crewmen approaches her, holding a crumpled piece of parchment stained with gore. He hands it to her. Is this what I think it is? Sundara takes the parchment and looks over its contents for a moment. She lowers the paper, her wide eyes leaping into view. Everyone topside. Back to the intentship. I need to find Devoth. The scene cuts to black. Large, straight letters forming the title screen. Book four. Island of Empty Eyes. Aw, oh, heck. Welcome back to Tuesday Gaming. We are Swiss Army Scorpion.
3: Holy fuck, what
1: the hell was that?
2: That's tight. The books intro, Tom. That was the intro, God, God, I mean, fuck. Were you not listening? You dork.
1: Dude you gotta pay attention, dude. dude. He's not gonna do it again.
2: <laughs> You're facing the wrong way. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's so afraid of looking at your dice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't even look at his mouth now. Get off the ceiling, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. Here we are, beginning of book four. So we are officially more than halfway through this campaign, and everybody here is level nine. Yeah. So before we get into the role plan, who wants to talk about level 9?
0: I'll go okay. first, because mine was very minimal. All right. So I got my standard base attack bonus increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip um, over that stuff. Listen, mine was very minimal. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta pad this description, okay? <laughs> yeah, like, don't take that from me. I need it. Um, I got my standard skills points. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I got one additional D6 damage to my sneak attack, so it's up from 2 D6 to a total of 3 D6 now.
2: How about hit points? Did you gain any hit points?
0: Yep. I uh, rolled terribly on them and <laughs> had to take the uh, extra hit point over skill point. Okay. And yeah, that was pretty much it. I, oh, I got another feat. I took the snapshot.
2: Okay. What does snapshot do?
0: Uh, snapshot now lets me take, like, on an attack of opportunity within five feet, I can actually take an attack now, despite the fact that I'm using a bow and not a
2: melee weapon. Oh, very cool. Okay, who wants to go next?
4: Devoth will, because, yeah, ninth level is also fairly minimal for Devoth, as far as number of stuff that I got.
0: Yeah, well, that's because 8th level was like 3 levels for you. so yeah. yeah. And and a level and a half for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, 8th level was huge for everybody.
4: Yeah, it was. Yeah, Devoth didn't roll particularly well for health. But the best thing that I got, he got as a Scald at level 9, you get a flat DR1.
2: So everything that hits me gets reduced
4: by 1.
0: <laughs> to go along with that fast healing you have. Exactly. <laughs> now
2: correct me if I'm wrong. The damage you take from your uh, weapon enchantment does not get absorbed by DR, right? I mean, I would think it wouldn't get reduced because it's... Yeah, I don't think it does. I think the whole point is that it's like unavoidable damage.
4: I'll look into it, but I'm pretty sure it wouldn't get reduced. But I also got a new Rage Power, which gives everyone a new Rage Power. Mm -hmm. And I took Lesser Elemental Rage.
2: Oh, Jesus Christ.
4: What does that that do, Matt? (laughs) So that means once per Rage per person you can add 1d6 of your choice of elemental damage to all of your attacks for one round.
0: Wow. Nice. Wait, to all of your attacks?
4: Yeah. So you spent... Here you comes spend, So I, lightning. Could, I could take,
0: like, four attacks, and they're all going to get that extra d6?
4: Yeah, you just say, like, I'm, I, you have to use a swift action and say, like, I'm just going to add fire to my attacks this round, so all of your attacks that round
2: have plus 1d6 fire damage. Now, fortunately for you guys, I'm keeping Devoth... Uh, accounted for and uh, he's trying to cheat again uh-huh. that is specific to melee attacks. Oh is it oh, I that's sorry so I did, I just did lame. not do that. yeah
1: I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted flaming lightning. I was extremely excited. Yep. I'll have to find another way. You're
2: welcome guys. I, I know you appreciate <sighs> me keeping Excellent. you on track there. <laughs>
1: just the nicest guy.
2: Uh who wants to uh who wants to go next? I'll go. Okay.
1: Tuck tuck. had a pretty good level uh i'm at 61 hp which i don't know if that's good or not but i got it okay oh all right so my feet took scribe scroll which does what it says it's about (laughs) time we
2: got a scriber in the group
1: (laughs) yeah right so i got a pretty sweet ability bend bolt uh as an immediate action i can change the area of a target of an electrical attack by five feet in any direction so i can make it like skip around people
2: that's pretty awesome and like I read that ability a while ago. I don't believe there's, like, a saving throw or anything if it's, like, an enemy spellcaster's spell.
1: Yep. It's just an immediate action. Yeah.
2: That's insane.
1: Now, unfortunately, I get it charisma mod per day, and my charisma mod is not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Alex has a rule where you get it at least once.
2: Yes. Which is still pretty spectacular.
1: Yeah. It is very, very, very nice. I was going to say, I also got access to fifth-level spells. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, there's just some good ones. Uh summon Nature Ally five lets me summon uh medium sized elementals.
2: Ooh.
1: And uh yeah, just that's it. Good spells.
2: Yeah. Fifth level spells are like when they start to get like really silly. Like yeah, you like, can just start doing uh, incredible shit.
1: Communal airwalk walk is nice. <laughs> Every
2: now everyone can walk on air.
1: Yeah. Stone skin is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to a- I can't wait to hear some to ha- to yeah, have
1: some... we'll see them in action. I won't list them off. That's <laughs> it. That's about it for Tuck Tuk, though. Uh, nothing else. Uh, just
2: if you if you only got fifth level spells, I think it'd be a pretty good level.
1: Oh uh, yeah, like the fact that I also got Ben Bolt as a nice little throw-in and Scribe Scroll. Uh, ninth level was pretty good for me. Yeah. I'm happy with this.
2: Okay, who
3: wants to go next? I guess I will. Scram actually had a really decent level. This uh this was Scram's level versus everybody else's level eight. Scram got one feat, which was craft arms and armor, so a little bit selfless on his spells as well. He also added permanency and fabricate, which are two very ridiculous spells. Permanency, though, I'm a little bit worried about just because it requires me to be ninth level or above that. Not many ninth level spells can have permanency on them, so...
2: Yeah, but the higher level you become, the more useful permanency is going to be. Right. You can piggyback permanency on other people's spells, too. It doesn't have to just be your spells. Oh, that's new. Okay. Like, there are some spells that you have to cast yourself, but there's a good chunk of them that, like... I don't know if Tuk Tuk has a really cool spell that can be made permanent. Okay. Scram's got you covered.
0: Could you explain permanency a little more? Like, when you say make a spell permanent, so, like, if someone casts fly on me, Scram could be like, you can permanently fly Well, now.
2: there are there are very specific spells that pointedly say, this spell can be made permanent. I believe a full list of those spells, or at least a pretty exhaustive one, is in the permanency spell description. For example, Scram could cast Enlarge Person on Devoth, and <laughs> then <laughs> piggyback a permanency spell on it, and now Devoth is just forever large-sized.
3: The higher level I am, the cooler stuff I can do. Ninth level seems pretty limited in what permanency can do to
2: to add to yourself. You can give yourself permanent detect magic. Yep. So you're just always there was, detecting uh, magic. The enchanted eyes, that looked really cool. Yeah, Permanent magic fang. So like if Tuk Tuk had like an animal companion, he could cast magic fang on his animal companion. Permanency, boom. Now Tuk Tuk's animal companion's... Uh, natural attacks are always magic a uh an equalizer of sorts for permanency is it always comes with a pretty steep gold cost if you want to cast permanent bear's endurance spell on yourself the um, amount of gold is going to cost you might as well just buy a belt of constitution
0: because mm, they wouldn't stack because you'd be getting the bonus from the same correct they're the, yeah
2: they're the same bonus type I was just going to say, there's a lot you can do with permanency. It's definitely a a good investment. Yeah, I want to check
0: out the list for sure.
2: And then Fabricate is nothing to sneeze at. Scram, you want to explain what Fabricate does? Yeah, all right. So
3: listen to this nonsense, all right? So anytime that I have like whatever I need to craft something, as long as it's not magical, I can craft it instantaneous or or round. It takes a number of rounds uh, for me to actually make it. But in comparison to make hole, it's make hole on like fucking steroids and opiates, like <laughs> just
2: absolutely fucking crazy. Yeah. So I have all the I have all the parts I need to make this heavy ballista. Fabricate one round later, my heavy ballista is created. Right, and this works for only non magical stuff. So
3: I can do mithril shirts, but I can't, you know, make something. Uh, crazy
2: magical but with that feat that you took craft magic arms and armaments right you can enchant magical weapons and armor to become magical so you could create a masterwork ballista or a masterwork cannon and then make it a plus one cannon or a plus one ballista
0: so i will say what i like with what you've done here is you took something all the way back from the very beginning with Scram, fucking men that we <laughs> ragged on you so hard for trying <laughs> to make that so you could get what you want to like Scram's essentially gonna be able to manipulate matter at will. Yeah. Like yeah. that's badass no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. He he's like your your
2: crafting machine. Hey Tom, uh, I have a quick question for you. If you're interested in armor, why don't you just try
5: casting mage armor? Yeah. <laughs>
2: can i make that permanent i don't think so uh yeah that would be i think he needs that
0: save the poor boy (laughs) you could end this all right
2: now (laughs) it lasts it lasts you nine hours it fucking might as well be
1: nine hours (laughs) i
2: didn't know it lasted i knew it was a long
5: time i didn't know it was nine hours
2: well it's an hour per level so it's just gonna get more and more permanent as he goes up in levels, oh, that's awesome! Like it's to the point yeah, but where it'll you might never as-
0: actually be permanent. No,
2: but it, it it's to the point where you might as well wake up for the day <laughs> and just cast mage armor on yourself, and you're golden.
0: Yeah,
2: that might be something that I'm gonna have to do
4: from now
3: on.
2: Yeah, so... I mean, you
4: should have been doing that anyway.
0: <laughs> from now on, he says, at the halfway point, <laughs> almost two years into recording. Love it. I'm dedicated to Scram's character build. It's just that (laughs) forgetful. Yeah. Don't put that out there too strong. Axel here is that.
5: Yeah,
2: right.
0: You're dead in three episodes.
2: (laughs) Dedicated
0: to his build.
2: (laughs) I like how Scram has, like, the the whole crafting component has always been uh, important to his build, but he's also been all about, like, these powder keg spells and like huge damage and then level nine is just his feet and his two spells are just all downtime. Yeah. Anyway. Tom,
0: I I have a question. What's the uh, the queue right now for magical items that Scram's crafting?
3: I don't think I actually have a uh, queue right now. He was thinking about doing something for himself like uh... Alright,
0: well after he makes Scram makes the item for Scram I'd like to call the next number in line what what do you have because i i'm probably going to put that in the cube after you it's a pair of blood stained gloves oh right 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 can you just make them and clean? nope they're permanently stained you have to cast permanency on them nope <laughs> and they're four four grand to call uh to craft they're a total price of eight so I, I don't know what that is it four days no it's one day per thousand gold of the base price so it, the base price is what it would cost to buy from a vendor. yeah so if it's
2: four grand to craft it's eight grand to buy so it cost you eight days
3: oh okay I so thought it, it was already 4, I thought it was already at I thought it was just that fourth okay yeah eight, and eight days isn't too bad no you know.
0: eight days isn't yeah crazy. we're about to
3: be quarantined for seven
2: uh, okay so let's move on to Cheryl
5: yeah let's move on to Cheryl how how thoroughly leveled are you uh super thoroughly leveled because I did a really good job at level eight. And so level nine was a breeze. I got the like normal stuff. And then the cool stuff I got. I don't know if this is going to pan out how I think it's going to pan out. I'm going to assume no, but I did it anyway. For my feet, I took greater overrun. I essentially just want to be like running through people. uh, And my other feats are like charge through and strong maneuvers and like all this other stuff. So I'm starting the train or continuing the train. Of Cheryl being a sort of juggernaut juggernaut man
2: yeah no that's awesome so an overrun is you go like like that guy over there I'm gonna just fucking run right through him you just freaking football charge right through him yeah uh and you you're all CMB versus their CMD if you succeed then you move through their space without provoking and you're good to go if you beat this their CMD by five or more you knock them prone yeah uh with the charge through feet, which you t- which you have, right? Yep. Instead, you can apply an overrun during a charge. So you're just like, I'm going to charge at that guy behind another guy, oh. which you normally can't do. Yeah. But it lets you overrun the guy in front of the guy that you're charging.
0: Fucking sweet. So he's Bobby Boucher from the water. Bottle. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So like, you're just like, I'm going after that squishy wizard in the back. And like the <laughs> fighter in front is like, no, I'm in the way. <laughs> and you just bail right through them. Now, greater overrun uh, gives you a bonus on your overrun uh, checks, and if you knock them over, they provoke an attack of opportunity from you. So, wait,
0: <laughs> wait I get to attack? Yeah, as is running by. Yeah. Oh, that's it's awesome. freaking yes, awesome. So you're like, awesome. I'm
2: gonna, so you're like, I'm gonna charge the squishy wizard in the back, but first I'm gonna knock over the fighter and smack it with my book on the way, and then hit the wizard when I reach him.
5: Oh, yeah, that's what I sort of had in mind, but I didn't think it would even be that cool. That's cooler yeah. than I thought it would be.
2: Yeah, you don't even know your own strength. <laughs> or um, built. Or build. And not only that. <laughs> These are all accurate. And not only
4: it not only provokes attacks from you, but it, it would provoke an attack of opportunity from anyone else
5: who is standing next to that guy. That can't yeah, be so right.
2: All, all of his friends that don't like him.
5: No, that's how they work. Wow. So anyways, yeah. yeah, I just got that. Now I'm the greatest. So
2: yeah. Now, if only Cheryl could have more than 20 feet of movement in a room, <laughs> yeah, he could I got, really take advantage of that.
0: I gotta figure yeah, but that part got out. Yeah, he's got the tattoo now. He's got the tattoo now, right? Which, isn't that a swift action? I, yeah, but yeah, that's I, only I, one time. I don't know what it does.
2: It comes yeah, out of his eyes or something.
5: Yeah. I also have, for a teamwork feat, and I don't know if this works how I think it works, but I took it anyway, because it's got charge in the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Intercept
2: Charge. Yeah. Describe that, Axel. You got it. <laughs> So you're, you're in a fight, and uh, the enemy fighter is like, I'm going to charge the squishy wizard, Scram. But this feat lets you, uh, since you treat all of your allies as if they also had this feat. Right, 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 right. Uh, anytime enemy is charging one of your allies as an immediate action, you can move up to your full speed towards any square in the path of the charge. If you end your movement in the path of the charge, the opponent must stop when it becomes adjacent to you and then attack you instead of your ally. So like, even if the ally was still within their reach, you're Uh their new target. Oh, that's
0: sweet. Okay, yeah. Sick. See, that's cool, because I think that's the first I've ever heard of like a true taunt in Pathfinder. Right? right? You have to hit me.
2: There are a couple ways to do it, but they're very limited. Now, that does any movement that you take using that feat takes up your movement on your next turn. Still so, good. Yeah. I
4: probably want to be there anyway, right? It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in theory, <laughs> you're going to be next to the guy that you're going to want to hit, so
2: it works out. <laughs> now, what's funny is you can still use up all your movement even if you can't reach them. Uh, so, so, Just like to could, get closer. Yeah, so like, you interrupt the charge just <laughs> to let them continue on with the charge, but you had this dramatic cinematic <laughs> <it>, like no <laughs> well the
4: per- the part of that too is it doesn't take up your move action on your next turn it just takes up your total movement so Correct. you could still use your move action for other things
2: sure yeah, oh. or even
4: like make a full attack
2: action
5: yeah well that's freaking sweet i'm glad i took that i just read the name and i was like yep there it is <laughs> the no look pass yeah <laughs> exactly yeah i think yeah. that's pretty much all i got i got like another sp- oh i got two new spells dispel magic and heroism I might cast some, I don't know. I'm, I'm mostly concerned with barreling, to be honest. Dude, dispel magic. spell magic, <laughs> yeah, spell magic is a very that.
2: handy spell. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, so you guys arrive at Port Peril on the second of the month, this month being Calistril, which is Galarian's February.
4: So wait, we're just like not addressing the giant shark that erupted out of the water last night? What are oh, you talking yeah. About? We should address that.
2: The what? explain yourself
4: what the way last episode ended with scram talking to a giant cthulhu shark
2: i don't remember that i don't know so don't you guys are in port peril oh i mean unless matt just, wants to regale us with this thing i don't remember happening huh so you guys are in port peril the second of calistril which coincidentally is a holiday always taking place the day after the regatta it is a holiday called Merry Mead, and it's Pretty much Galarian Saint Patrick's Day, where everybody just gets fucking wasted. It uh, used to be uh, a day where people would get rid of like old vintages, uh, like last year's stocks, but now it's just an excuse to get hammered.
5: So we're already pirates, though we're already are fair drinkers, huh? Is this yeah. like
2: <laughs> this must be right? serious? Exactly. Super rowdy, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's a big deal. But as you uh, as you pull into. Uh merchant's marina uh you're met with much jubilation and pomp there are several dozen parties already in full swing in port peril uh and as you dock your ship you're you're met with like your own crowd of people who are just like throwing drinks into your hands congratulating you patting you on the back oh yeah on the on the
4: way in devoth would just be like right up at the prow of the ship just like (laughs) <laughs> you know, cutting a figure, just like hand, hands on hips, just drinking it in. Like when we dock, the gangplank lowers, and Devoth is already standing at the top of it. Like, hello, my subjects. <laughs> nice.
2: So yeah, Devoth would probably be like hoisted up and is like like brought over to, uh, like brought into the the marina. Yeah, every everyone is treating you guys like like freaking celebrities. There is a uh, there's a ceremony. Uh, for you guys and the the crowd kind of like deposits you there in uh on on crescent harbor and the master of gales is there and uh so is kurdak bonefist the hurricane king and uh several other pirate lords you guys are just kind of like picked up hauled over and just like placed down in front of uh the pirate lords and the master of gales says to the crowd after they uh quiet down a, a little bit like enough for him to actually be heard he says I give you the winners of the annual Shackles Regatta. And the crowd explodes again. Devoth just kind of drinks it in. Yes. (laughs) He hands Devoth a heavy bag uh, filled with 8,000 gold pieces. He says, here are your winnings as well as lordship over the island of empty eyes. Everyone cheers again. Woo, yay. And uh, Kurdak Bonefist uh, steps forward. And he says, It is my solemn duty to elevate the position of the free captain who wins the shackles regatta to the esteemed title of Pirate Lord. Neil DeVoth Songcleaver. I do so. He takes out his pistol and seems to show absolutely uh no regard or safety in like <laughs> just kind of like, <laughs> like like tapping you on both shoulders, like he's got his finger on the trigger. Like, just grasping it drunkenly and and firmly. like, tap, tap. And luckily, it doesn't go off. He says, arise, Lord Devoth of the Island of Empty Eyes. He says, may you not disappoint us all. And as uh, he says that, the Master of Gales uh, ceremonially attaches a broken, silver-plated manacle onto Devoth's wrist. This manacle on your wrist is a symbol of your honor representing your freedom from the constraints of other nations laws and authority but also the responsibility that now binds you to the welfare of the shackles and its people whom you now represent and uh, as the crowd uh, erupts again with jubilation uh, you all gain yourselves one infamy and disrepute Ooh. under the din of the drunken cheers master of gales uh, turns to devoth and he says uh, that which you've earned today can all be taken away in order to truly claim your title and dominion of your island you must explore and tame it and build a some sort of base camp or fortress within its shores in three months time several members of the pirate council will arrive at your island you must receive them as honored guests and show them food and fare befitting their stations assuming you look like you know what you're doing The council representatives will officiate the winnings you've received today. If not, well, you won't have been the first pirate to fail to live up to expectations. By the time he said this, the roar of the crowd has died down somewhat. In the relative quiet, the Master of Gales turns back to the crowd, raises his hands high over his head, and says, Let's get (laughs) shit-faced! The crowd roars in approval. And so begins the very, very long party following the Shackles Regatta. All right, now where is the Isle of Empty Eyes? Uh, well, why don't you give me a knowledge check? On, geography? Uh, That's one. of. I think I believe it's geography or local. That's a 26 for Devoth. Anybody else? Devoth wants
4: to know where his new damn island is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Tuck <tuk-tuk>. Tuck. <laughs> it's all right. My, my navigator should know where his island is, too. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I have very specific things I'm good at. <laughs> All
2: right, so Devoth and Tuk Tuk, know that it is this island right here.
0: Oh, way up there. Dude, that's that's a garbage island. It's eh, well, anyway. We uh, want we got to we got to upgrade the shark island. Look at that thing. It's huge.
2: So, here here's some here's some miscellaneous things that uh Devoth and Tuk Tuk know about the Island of Empty Eyes the northern part of the Shackles has, and has no known settlements, but Chelish warships have sometimes been scouted in the waters nearby. Sailors claim the island got its name from the large statues along its shores whose eyes are missing, though some say the bare sockets once held enormous gemstones. Uh, you also know Free Captain Bikendi Otangu gained ownership of this island by winning the Shackles Regatta about 10 years ago. But his crew haven't been seen since shortly after departing to claim their prize. Some say their spirits now haunt the island. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, so then you b- also both know that uh, some say giant-sized ruins stand in the island's highlands filled with ancient treasures guarded by ravenous dinosaurs. That's all that devoth knows, but Tuk knows this last little, this last little nugget. <laughs> uh, the island's ruins date back to the time of ancient Golgan, an empire of cyclopes that once spanned the entire west coast of Garund.
1: I'll share that with the group.
2: Good deal. Yeah. Anybody have any specific revelry that they'd like to disclose? Scram specifically, like he's
3: all right. He's getting hammered. Like there's no there's no stopping this at this point. <laughs> uh, Ooh,
2: Scram's finally getting drunk. Oh, I'm gonna
1: try <laughs> and stop it. I think he spells <laughs> that turn like. Liquids into things. Hold
2: on. I don't know if you were. I don't know if you were listening, Andrew. But there's
1: no stopping it. No, it's just
4: uh, what was it? Remove poison. That'll do it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Remove poison. Scram is gonna uh, walk up to like Bonefist. Oh God. Oh no. (laughs) Really wants Uh, to know where he got his hand from. Like it's straight a belligerence at this point. Like he's (laughs) he's walking up like very confident. Like. Hey Bonefist, where did you get that hand from? Hey, hey Bonefist, bone <laughs> where did you get that bone fist? Yeah, I was say the exact same thing. Uh, all right. The, so that's how Scram died. Yeah.
2: So the people who aren't Bonefist that are nearby, like it's like a record scratch. And like everyone just looks at Scram <laughs> and they look at the Hurricane King. And uh yeah. Kurt Kurdak Bonefist uh Kind of looks at Scram, doesn't really seem to recognize him, and he says, That's a a very interesting story, little boy. Maybe one day, when you make something of yourself, I'll let you know. I was with Captain Devoth when we won. He like squints over to Captain Devoth. (laughs) He says, When you won what, son? (laughs) (laughs) The regatta. Ah, yes, the shackles regatta. I remember my first run in the Shackles Regatta many many years ago more than I'd care to remember (laughs) and he just like goes off on like a freaking like old man flashback from like a sitcom and just goes on tangent after tangent and like you never get a a straight answer he just keeps distracting himself with other stories anybody else Uh, I'm probably
0: getting drunk on fermented berries (laughs) I'm uh I'm probably getting drunk and not antagonizing people stronger yeah. than me. Okay. Also, okay. that I
5: I do have a something a little something. I Go would like on. to um in the revelry get the other sides of the story, like how people uh you know how they saw the race. Yeah, because from my perspective, that shit was insane, and I need to know that everyone else also had an insane time, or I was just alone on that. You know, the course we took or. You know, yeah. I have to. Uh, I need some answers there. Cheryl's in shock. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little in shock. That's a good way to
2: put it. Yeah. So uh, he's never been a winner before. Yeah, <laughs> it's a new feeling. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Things so things are coming on Millhouse, and it's awkward. <laughs> like so, any any people that you ask, uh, like the vast majority, like were just spectators, or wow. like, didn't even like go there but like this the people who were there like they saw the beginning of the race and they saw the end of the race like they didn't follow you guys or anything i got you and they're all just like yeah no uh that like that shit's not for me like you're you're freaking crazy like you're a madman i love you for it okay Uh, okay and then you probably like bump into some other uh participants a lot of them are just like, no, that was that was nothing. Like, I'll I'll get it next time. You guys just got lucky. Like, just trying yeah. to be like, tough guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. You may or may not be able to just be like, oh, I think this guy's just totally putting up an act. And you get a couple people who are just like, I'm not doing that shit again. Like, it is never worth <laughs> it. Like, freaking my own island. What do I need that for? Like, I'm already a free <laughs> captain. I can do what I want. I, like, I'm not. I don't need to die for a freaking island. Sweet. That was perfect. Thanks, Axel. Yeah, no problem. Uh, So, although alcohol is free for everyone during Merry Mead, anyone claiming to be a member of the Mascador's crew receives top shelf drinks. Ooh. Oh. Uh, but by the end of the night, uh, that goes away either because they're out of top shelf drinks or because freaking everybody has caught on and been like, I'm part of the Mascador. I'm the Mascador. <laughs> If I we catch- are all Mascador on this If day. I
4: catch anyone who's not part of my crew
2: claiming that, they're going to get their ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> so Devoth will probably spend a good portion of his night, like, freaking policing the good name of the Mascador. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, like, patrolling looking for it, but if, like, I'm in a bar and I see someone claiming to be part yeah. of the crew, I'm giving them a smackdown. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then towards the end of the night, uh, a lot of establishments just like straight up run out of alcohol, which results in uh, raids on the remaining establishments that still have (laughs) some left, or else uh, just straight up riots. Uh, And by the morning, uh, several ships have caught fire and one actually fully sank from the damage sustained. So at one point during the party, Devoth is approached by Tessa Fairwind. Oh. She Mm -hmm. has a, a small box under her arm and uh, she looks at devoth and says uh all right devoth for the third time she holds the box uh, between the two of you she says will you accept my pennant?
0: wipe your ass with it oh i mean i don't trust her i mean it's don't it's trust. one of those
4: like it's got to be going through devoth's head right now like i know she's still the more powerful pirate but it's like it, it's it just seems why would devoth accept that now like he's a pirate lord like i know he's not her equal exactly but like doesn't he doesn't he now have the same rank that she does as
2: Pirate Lord? As far as just to the title goes, yes. But that's like saying I'm a knight, you're a knight, where that makes us by default equal. Uh there are definitely like ranks within like a military that say like, well, yeah, we're both knights, but I have all these uh I have all like all these uh like nobles backing me. At at this point it's uh how much well, no, my my whole thing is like, well, all right, let me ask this. Of
4: the Pirate Council, how many of those pirates sail under the banner of someone else?
0: Bingo. How many is it common for a Pirate Lord to typically sail under another Pirate Lord's colors?
2: Uh, there's over 20 Pirate Lords on the council. Give me a knowledge, local, or geography check. I'm just going to take my 20 for the day for a 27 geography. Yeah. All right. You know that... It- most pirate lords are not under another pirate lord but a lot of that comes with the brashness and stubbornness that being a pirate who can get to that rank has innately and that it's not like automatically looked down on or not proper to be under another free captain or another uh, pirate lord especially yeah, when you're you
0: will be a little bitch <laughs>
2: However you want to take that, Devoth, that is the, that's the long and short of it.
4: Okay, so like, it's not unheard of for a pirate lord to be sailing under the banner of another pirate lord. That is just that much more powerful. Yeah, like
2: Tessa probably has a couple other pirate lords sailing under her.
4: Um, Alright, so now, in response,
2: five minutes later... <laughs> Devoth's been <laughs> standing there, like mouth agape, <laughs> dripping out of his mouth. Well, Lady Tessa, I, I truly do
4: appreciate the gesture, and... Under most circumstances, I would be honored to fly your pennant. But I think at this point, I need to decline. I mean, I've come this far, and I've risen quite quickly here. And I know I've t- I've risen on a technicality from winning the race, but I think at this point, I need to just be my own pirate lord and not not declare to the world that I am yours, you know? So,
2: Tessa... Puts the uh, puts the box back by her side. She shakes her head. She's like, you really know how to keep a girl waiting, Devoth. She sighs. She says, you know, I-, I had come to admire you from the stories I've heard. How you act now and ask questions later. After watching you pussyfoot around my offer for so long. Well, maybe they were just stories. Ooh.
3: Ooh. Oh. Oh.
2: Oh.
5: oh. God, oh,
2: Are we going to fight this bitch? <laughs> oh. Yeah.
0: Do it. Do it, Devon. Got <laughs> the balls just on bring you. bring the axe down, yeah. Do Scram
3: is off to the side, gate ready to a uh, large person. <laughs> Scrab, release the fucking
1: island eater, okay? <laughs> Where, what are you doing? Later? I didn't prepare any spells yet. <laughs>
4: I mean, Devon just kind of looks at her a gaper a like, alright, I mean, if that's how you want to play it, but uh, I don't tell Tall Tales much. <laughs> <laughs> Except for when I have. She, uh,
2: oh god! She just like seems, may- and maybe it's because she's drunk, and so she's not like in her right mind. But she just like seems really like ticked off, and she like looks down at the at the box, and she's like shaking her head. She's like, she's oh, not god. used to being told no. Probably not. <laughs> she's like, oh, I need to get laid. And she like tilts her head towards Devoth. She says, "I'm right here, Devos." <laughs> uh I've heard good things about you. <laughs> from Grok.
4: <laughs> I
3: was going to say, this is also assuming, song.
4: I'm going to go ahead and assume that Barnabas Kerrigan
2: probably didn't come back to Port Pirral for this celebration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How fun that would have been. She says, well, if you want to prove that at least the stories I've heard from the House of Stolen kisses aren't tall tales. All right, yeah. No, I'll take her up on that offer. All right. All right. Surely Cheryl's getting an offer here soon. <laughs> <laughs> Scram's definitely looking to get
3: laid tonight. Like,
2: if any of you are looking to get laid, you have no problem doing it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm not going to make yes. you roleplay play for it.
4: I mean, yeah, I mean like we're the crew Although, of, like, you're the, the ship fr- that just won the fucking regatta.
2: Like, we are the center of everything. Yeah. Yes. Like to put it into context, like Devoth is now like a baron. Ooh. And so like you guys are all like of that station at like this giant royal party. All you really need to do is say I'm with that guy to pretty much anybody you want. There, you, you've got no problems. All right. So it is the following day. The city at large is hungover. So what? What is everybody gonna do? So yeah,
4: let's start making money. I deducted one point of plunder to pay the crew. And did you? I just did. Yes. Aren't you in He's your lying.
2: quarantine?
4: Yeah, I mean, I still deducted a point of plunder to, to give to the crew for stuff. Like, Did you? Yes, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> so we've got seven days of quarantine, five of which we can sell the stuff in uh, Tessa's warehouse.
2: Why doesn't everybody give me a knowledge, local, or geography check? 18 for Devoth.
3: 33 for Tuk Tuk. Not enough for Scram.
2: Okay, um, Tuk Tuk, you know that Pirate Lords... Don't need to do no seven-day quarantine.
1: Oh, I am going to walk over to the captain when no one is around him and whisper that in his ear just so he knows it.
4: Ah, that that would explain why uh,
2: Doc Master Dickhead never came over. Oh, he did. Doc <laughs> Master
0: Dickhead. What? Oh, he did. Oh, he did? Yeah,
2: he is currently, like, oh. ha- like, his workers are currently, like, going up and down your ship, like, preparing it for quarantine. All right, I-, I-, I kicked them all off. they uh, are kicked off. (laughs) And I sail over to the main, you know, docks. Yes. Another thing of note, Port Peril is currently so packed with visitors of every kind that finding buyers for plunder is easier than ever. Oh. For the next week, you can sell two points of plunder per day. Ooh. oh, Uh, Is that two separate
4: checks per day too? Yes. Okay. So, give me them Intimidate checks to to assist, boys. Scram
3: is uh, inside his, uh, is working diligently in the, uh...
4: Or the Hood and Cheryl, give me those checks. Oh, I got a nine. I got a 21. Alright, so I'm at a plus two. To my 33 is a 35. Plus Inspire is five, is 40. Whoa. Nailed it. Do you see 40? We're in a
2: Metropolis. Yep. That's fourteen hundred. 1400. Holy 1400. shit! Oh, that's right. That would have. I think that would have been twelve hundred in Quent. Yeah. Oh my god! The, Stack the, the Benjamin's boys. Yeah. the quarant quor- <laughs> oh, The yeah. quarantine sucked, but the amount of money you could you can get from plunder uh, is a pretty big deal. Yeah. All right, do it again. 17. Here it comes. Yeah, that's enough.
4: You made it. Yeah.
5: So that's, yeah. So
4: that's plus four on my 39.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God.
4: <laughs> With a natural 20. So that's a 43.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, not oh.
4: enough. I got a six on my uh, inspiration. I needed a seven to get that extra 100 gold. So another oh. 1,400.
2: Before, yeah, right? before we go any further, how long do you guys plan on staying in Port Peril? Because you know that starting today, you have three months to explore and tame your island and prepare it for a bountiful feast for a number of representatives of the pirate council. Hmm. Um, How
0: long does it take to get from here to the island? Uh,
2: probably a couple of days based on the map. Yeah, a couple of days. And I'm not I'm not saying you guys like should be in a hurry or anything. I just or but just know that I am keeping track of of days.
4: Right. I get that. Um I would say I mean right now we just sold two on the first day. I mean, at the very least, we're going to go through this week of selling two per day. Yeah. Um, so
1: we're going to be here for seven days?
4: Right. And so that'll be, four, okay, that'll be 14 just... points of plunder of the, the oh, sorry. 19 that we started with. So we had 16 points of plunder, plus five in the warehouse. I gave one point to the crew for pay. So we have a total of 20, and we just sold two. So we have 18 remaining.
2: Okay.
0: So, if we stayed to sell all of our plunder, that would take us less than 10 days, or about 10 days.
4: Well, we get, what, it's seven days of double selling, Alex? Yeah. It's 14. that's 14, and then then we'd have six points remaining after that. I would would like to leave maybe, like, two or three points of plunder on the ship, just to have, like, I don't want to completely clean it out, but I think, yeah, I think 10 days sounds reasonable, and then we can go from there.
2: Okay.
0: I got an eight on my Intimidate. All right, Cheryl? Yes. Another intimidate check. Here it comes. Boom. <laughs> this one's all on you to get.
4: That's a four. Sorry. So Devoth got a 30, and my inspiration's not enough to have a chance of getting that above. So that is 1,300. Got it. All right, Cheryl, one more. All right, so I'm working on a plus four to my 32 yeah. is a 36. Plus seven gives us another 1,400. Got it. Uh, Now we're starting day three. Cheryl? Incoming. So I got a plus two to my 36 is a 38. I inspire, and that guarantees me over 40. That's another 1,400. All right, and that was all of the warehouse. Now we're starting in on our own plunder. And let's do it again. Got it. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a plus four on my 22, which is a 26. And my inspiration gives us another four puts us back up to 30 and that is three days
2: i have mixed feelings as a gm just like sitting here watching you guys just <laughs> add money yeah <laughs> you're just like here's another 1300 here's another 1400 oh, <laughs> another 1400 gold just like over and over again i'm just sitting here like it's just happening yeah, I, there's nothing i can do about it <laughs>
4: Alright, Cheryl, if you successfully inspire this, we get fourteen hundred. I'm no doing pressure. it. No pressure.
5: Yeah. Yes. Never a doubt.
4: Alright, one more.
0: Got it. <laughs> so right. that's a
4: twenty-nine plus uh four from you guys is thirty-three. And six from my inspire is thirty-nine. Oh. So only thirteen hundred that time. That's four days down, starting on day five. Got it. Oh, Tizies. So that's a thirty. I can't can't get to forty. So that's not a thirteen hundred. Do it again. Nope. Mm. Oh jeez. Oh no.
2: Oh <laughs> uh, no, assist and a nat one. <laughs> yeah. from
4: so we only got twelve hundred that day.
2: Oh, you guys suck! We're like that's, trying that's to sell our plunder. That's get pretty good court. to know
4: that, like, even on a net one with no assist, we're guaranteed 200 above what the plunder is worth.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's sick. Yeah. Like, I like <laughs> to picture uh, we've been selling our our stuff for like over market value. Finally, one person one day is like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and didn't well, give us like that back extra... me up
2: here, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <And>, like <laughs> Cheryl's like Whatever. picking his nose. <laughs> Hood's like catching a lizard to eat or something. <laughs> hey. I don't know how I got fucking eat. racist. <laughs> all right, back all right.
5: to us totally raping these people over the coals for their cash. Oh, oh. I missed it. <laughs> oh,
4: here, I'll pick up That lizard shirt. was real tasty. Nope. <laughs> all right, and it's by, oh, So no assist, and I got a 28, and my inspiration guarantees a 30 but less than a 40. So, all right, do it again. Nope. Oh my God. I'm tired, man. We've been at
1: this a while.
4: <laughs> got it. Oh, oh come God.
0: on, guys! See, you're tired too. <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, no, no, So, twelve hundred. That's the end of day six. So, give me two more for day seven, and then we gotta go one at a time. Nope. Yeah. Oh, mm, that's a big number. So, that's a total of forty-one. Can't get it up to fifty with the, with the uh, inspiration. So, fourteen hundred. Nice hood. <laughs> All right, one more for day seven. Got it. I had nothing in the tank. <laughs> they keep rolling freaking ice. So I got a thirty-two plus two from Cheryl is thirty-four, plus six from the inspiration. Oh my god. All right, so that's the end of our week of double selling. All right, and now we've got three more days. So I need three more checks from Egea. Eighteen. Nice. Right, so plus two from Cheryl on my twenty-nine is thirty-one. Inspiration can't get that to a forty, so that's thirteen hundred gold. Next one.
2: No, I'm done. Oh my god, <laughs> this
4: should
0: have tagged me out. <laughs> yes.
4: A tryhard
0: over here. Seriously, it's making me look bad. <laughs>
4: so that's over forty for fourteen hundred. And last one, gentlemen. Make a count. Oh.
0: Ah, there we
4: uh, go. Yeah, justice.
2: Boom. Another over forty again. Holy hell. Alright, all right. so what was that? Ten days of uh plunder plunder selling Yep. Uh Tom.
3: Yep. All you right. have... It's all set. You get your Thank thing.
4: Thank you. For the moment, everyone add 4,560 gold. Holy was, fuck.
2: So, Scram spent eight of those days, eight of those 10 days, uh, crafting those gloves. Do you have anything else you wanted to do? Oh, yeah. For the remaining two? I do. Scram got the curiosity for
3: those, uh, the deep platinum that we've come across. Hmm. Um,. Just, uh, I know I'm back in port, and I'm able to kind of go to that library and use it. Mm-hmm. So uh, he kind of wants to go use it.
2: Okay. Uh, give me a knowledge arcana check, and give yourself plus two bonus.
3: Uh, that's a 17.
2: You find some stuff. Mm. Uh, you, you find some writings in an old scholar's journal about an ancient artifact referred to as the Deep Platinum Crown. Which seems to fit the description of what you guys are working with, considering these all kind of float next to each other in a circle above the user's head. It's said that when all seven of these stones are brought together, they float above the user's head, forming the points of a seven-pointed crown. The crown grants the user unparalleled mastery over the ocean. Sweet. How many do we have? Just Uh, count the boss head. Yeah. It's like four or five. I I think five. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. That's every that's everything that you can read about from the one source. I'll say that that represents your yeah, your day de- your day of research. Okay. If you wanted to spend another day, you can make another check. I will uh, do so. Okay. Give me another knowledge arcana check at a +2 bonus. +3 bonus. All right. So that's better. Uh what about a 27? Okay. Oh, +3, 28. All right. So you kind of have to like piecemeal uh, research each of these stones, but besides the scholar's journal, you don't really find like a a collective uh, collective bit of information about the whole thing. But you do find mentions of stones fitting that this description, though the writers may not necessarily have known that they belong to a greater piece. They do detail each stone. You may need to. Cross-reference a few uh, other articles to get all the information on one stone or another. But you are able to get a good amount of information on most of the stones. You know that uh, one stone, uh, referred to as the Nexus Stone, is kind of the key the key of like the whole thing. You know that without the Nexus Stone, the other stones don't do anything. Uh, the Nexus Stone grants the user the benefits of a freedom of movement effect versus moving and attacking underwater. And that's what Tavoth already has. Right. The other stones need to be uh, reattuned. They need to be activated. As they are, they don't really do anything. But there's like each of them has like a certain a certain set of circumstances that unlock their their magic. You know that one needs to be bathed in water from the elemental plane of water. Uh, one needs to one can be reattuned with a wish spell from a merid, which is like a water elemental genie. Uh, one hmm. needs to be exposed to the breath weapon of a sea dragon of at least adult age. One needs to be kept frozen within ice for at least one continuous week. Another needs to be sent through a tornado or exposed to winds of over 250 miles per hour. What uh, about the
0: race? I feel
2: like that one, yeah, would have happened <laughs> at the race. Maybe. And an, uh, another one needs to be exposed to underwater pressures experienced at a depth of two miles. <laughs> oh, two How miles?
0: Far? How far was that ship? Yeah, Less than one. mile.
2: <laughs> that's that's everything you can find. As each one is unlocked, it provides its own bonus and like then they all have like a set bonus as you unlock more and more of them. And as you're reading this, it, it occurs to you that one of them may have been unlocked, but uh you don't know. Like when you when you're like, "Oh, that like has to go through a tornado or super fast winds like we did that yesterday." Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. And then uh one bout of business of getting um, some mithril. Okay. I'm definitely uh, looking to uh, make a uh, chest plate chestplate
2: mith- made from mithril. A breastplate? A breastplate. <laughs> then it- so you're <laughs> sure you want to make a mithril breastplate?
3: Yeah. Uh, this is for Devoth. Okay.
2: Yeah, uh, I see. Okay. So it makes sense.
4: Oh, hold on. Before you do that, that just kind of reminded me of something that... We had found, I think this was back in, like, book one or very early book two, we found these blueprints for underwater armor.
3: Oh, that's right.
4: I would like to get those looked at by someone who can, like, figure out how to actually make that and what would go into it.
2: jeez, I don't have those notes anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, man. (laughs) Ugh.
3: That was brilliant, Matt.
5: (laughs) We're going
2: to pull that one out of your ass. Yeah, the dude says, hmm, I'll need to meditate on this for a while. (laughs) Come back to me next week. (laughs) So, yeah, it would cost you 1,400 gold to get enough mithril to create a mithril breastplate.
3: I present to uh, Devoth this kind of, like, block, and then, like, pretty much I I tell him, like, just give it a second, and then, like, you know, I do my thing and then it forms into a breastplate.
2: That's freaking insane. Like, it, like <laughs> went like Tom was like so I want to like like I want to do this mithril breastplate and I was like I was like all right and I was like he already used like 8 days to craft that those gloves and 2 days for his research like we, we got to get somebody else like that wants yes. to do something else and then it's like Tom's just like no I'd do it and I was like shit he does. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> one round to do that shit. It's insane. Yeah. I, I was but. contemplating on doing that right in front of the
3: person who sold me that. Like, you just sold me <laughs> like that. Like, <Mother> nose in <laughs> it. Just be like, whoa, whoa. well, thank, thank you for you. this.
2: <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, does anybody else have anything they'd like to do in Port Peril? Uh-huh. I made a scroll each day. Okay, that's fine.
4: I think my only thing, I just want to upgrade my uh, Cloak of
5: Resistance. <gasps>
1: How much is a Handy Haversack? $2,000. Oh, I want a Handy Haversack.
5: You got yeah, it. That sounds pretty sweet with the scroll thing that you guys are yeah. talking
1: about. Do
3: you want me to make it for you? Uh,
1: aren't you kind of backed up? Oh, yeah. Up? No,
3: that's right. I am backed up. Never Like mind.
1: If you are back, like if you could make it, because I'm actually like probably one of the poorer of the crew. The Handy Haversack but... would
4: only take two days to make. You could uh, make that on the way yeah. to the new place.
1: If you want to make it, I would love to only <laughs> spend a K on it, because... That's fine. It leaves me with 7K to fill it with scrolls. There you go. <laughs> That's fine.
4: Alright, so Devoth is going to sell his Cloak of
2: Resistance plus one and then buy a Cloak of Resistance plus two. Anybody else? I know Cheryl bought something really awesome, but we're probably not gonna find out what it was for another week. <laughs> Are you sure? No. yeah, I, not yet. I'm still deciding what I want to buy with my riches and fortune. So ten days after ten days, you guys set sail. It's a two-day trip, and two days later you behold a large island several miles in length. A high plateau forms the north and central portions atop 500-foot-tall cliffs. Two long peninsulas, much closer to sea level, jut from the plateau from the southeast and southwest, twisting counterclockwise, forming two well-protected bays on the south and east sides of the island, scattered across the island, but especially along the beaches and cliffs of the central plateau. Are large, weathered statues of giant cyclopes, clearly of great age. Their single eyes are all empty sockets. How do you proceed
1: with caution?
2: I'm sorry. Have you met Devos?
5: The opposite of that, right? I proceed with caution. You proceed ram speed.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: do you say there were any like natural bays or anything like that?
2: Yes, there's. Uh, there are two natural bays. Uh, you got, and you guys are coming approaching this thing from the south. There's a natural bay on the south side of the island and on the east side of the island.
4: Okay. Uh, We will, yeah, we'll just sail right into the bay on the south side.
2: White sandy beaches encircle this deep sheltered bay, stretching nearly two miles in each direction. A massive waterfall plummets from the bordering plateau into the bay on the northern end. The white stone walls of a seaside fort gleam on the western shore, next to a river leading northwest out of the bay. A single tower reaches skyward from the fort, crowned with a torch-like fixture of dazzling crystal. So, Devoth and tuk were under the impression that there were no settlements on this island.
4: All right, so we uh, anchor the ship in the bay mm-hmm. and set a landing party of the five of us leaving Lemon in charge of the ship while we are on land.
2: Everybody make perception checks. So that's a
4: 24 for Devoth.
5: Oh, good thing Cheryl's paying attention. Thirty-one. Nat twenty, if anyone's keeping track. Hood got a thirty. Scram got
4: a twenty-four. Wow. Everyone mark down this date on the calendar. Tuk tuck had the lowest perception roll. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I have a twenty-three. Wow. It's a miracle. He, he rolled
2: I rolled a two. A two. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are rowing on over. Tuk tuck. Does a twenty two beat your flat footed AC? Yeah.
1: Did I level up for nothing, you jerk?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys are rowing over, none the wiser, to this big old tentacle that comes shooting out of the water, slams into Tuk-Tuk. Ow. Tuk-Tuk takes seven damage. Tuk-Tuk does a 38, beat your CMD.
1: Ah! Uh, what do you think?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tuk-Tuk is... Slapped by this tentacle And then grappled Lifted out of the boat And up from the water Surfaces a giant octopus A giant friendly octopus? Everybody roll initiative mm, Guess not Scram 16 Devoth 22 Hood modifier Higher than my a lot higher Tuck-tuck 7 Cheryl 11 So it is the hood's turn but as a free action, the octopus is going to speak, and it says, Who are you to trespass in my water? Well, you mean your water? This is my island now. I have lived in these waters for years and years. What makes you think you suddenly own it, Glub, Glub, Glub? Um, because it was
4: given to me. So, yeah, it's mine now. You can leave. I suppose I'll take your friend with
2: me. Hey! Uh, like how close no. is he? I uh, like Tuck talk is like right next to the boat and the octopus Uh, actually octopus has a reach of 10 feet so oh 20 feet with the tentacles so he actually would have pulled tuck tuck right up uh, next to himself so he's 20 feet away from the boat and tuck tuck is 15 feet away from the boat
4: yeah I jump in the water to kill this thing
2: oh okay well <laughs> hood if you want to interrupt Devoth's turn, can otherwise Devoth's turn.
0: No. He, I'll, I'll he seems like it. he's
2: about to throw down.
0: I, I know how this game works. I'm ready to take my rage. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so you're uh you're letting Devoth go first.
0: I am letting Devoth go first. All right,
2: Devoth's your turn.
4: All right, so yeah, I inspire rage and I jump at the thing. Uh when you do you acrobatics to see how far I jump? Yeah. 18. Half of 15 feet. So you're able to jump 5 feet. Let's say if I bump that up to a 20, would that allow me to go 10 feet? Yep. Then I'll Gallant Inspire that.
0: Alright.
2: So that is Devoth's turn.
0: Alright. Now that I'm feeling all juiced up, I'm going to study target. Okay. Let's rapid shot this guy. The first attack is a 34 to hit. That hits. And then that's the multi-shot, so it gets another damage dice on it. 31 damage. The second attack is a 19 to hit. That does not hit. The third attack is a 33 to hit. That hits. So he'll take another 18 damage.
2: Okay, it is now the octopus's turn. He's going to maintain the grapple. 36 versus Tuck Tuck CMD? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so then he's going to... uh, He's going to move 20 feet straight down, holding Tuck Tuck, and he's going to release... A cloud of inky black ink. Mm, He has total concealment. Tuck Tuck, you need to start holding your breath. Scram, it's your turn. I would chuck the barrel Uh, (laughs) into... (laughs) It makes uh, so much
0: sense. Throw the barrel overboard. (laughs) Into
4: the location.
0: Uh,
5: Looks like Cheryl the barrel is blasting off again. (laughs) Cheryl just
4: feels himself levitate and then just (laughs) right into the water. (laughs) I hope
2: Cheryl's has his book already out. Cheryl the Torpedo. <laughs> okay, uh, so Cheryl, you can make an attack against this octopus, but it's got total concealment inside this ink cloud.
5: Yeah, no problem. Well, I make the attack and totally beat the concealment. Right, Scram? Wasn't that the plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good plan. That is a hope. Here it comes. <laughs> I hate you, Scram. Natural
2: one. Oh,
0: Rolling a firm.
2: <laughs> well, attack number two is his confirmation roll. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, or no? Well, plus five, right? Because attack number two is at a minus five, right? So attack number two would confirm the fumble at a twenty. So that is a fumble.
4: Oh, okay. So all things considered, this is a pretty good crit. Nice. Even though the I'm fumble, sorry, what? Yeah, okay. it's pretty good fumble. Um, <laughs> uh, for it's a melee attack, so this is called wrong end. If you're using a slashing <laughs> weapon, you take 1d6 points of damage and 1 point of bleed. It's oh not a slashing thought. damage, so nothing happens.
2: Okay. So that was Scram's turn. It is now Cheryl's turn. Who needs to give me a swim check? Oh, no! <laughs> 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 it's my worst Why nightmare. Why did you
1: guys shoot him into the water? He's gonna die! <laughs> it's
5: alright. I'm very good at swimming. 22.
2: Okay, yeah, you're fine. <sighs> alright, so what are you gonna do? I don't know.
5: Attack him? <laughs> I feel right, pretty stupid right now. All right, I'm gonna bane an octopus and totally wreck on this fool. All
2: right. Well, do you do you know he's an octopus? Make a knowledge uh, nature check.
5: I thought I made a knowledge it? check. Isn't I'm kidding. Going?
2: You don't oh, need okay. to make a check to know he's an octopus. Oh, okay,
5: you have you have me there. All right, here it comes. Here it comes. Not a one. Oh yeah. Oh totally there it not is. A one. Yeah. A
2: Thirty-two, baby. All right, yeah. let's uh, let's roll that concealment. So one through fifty is a miss. Ten.
5: Well, what about my second attack? My even more powerful attack.
2: At a 22? That's just yeah. straight misses. So your first attack would have hit if it weren't for that nasty, nasty ink. Damn. Tuck, tuck.
1: I am going to quick draw a wand of air bubble out of my handy haversack and cast it on myself.
2: Okay. You do that, no problem. I Yeah, it's a free action to uh, quick draw and a standard action to air bubble. All right, Hood, you're up. So
0: break down... What I'd be looking at mechanically if I tried to shoot him from where I'm at now.
2: Uh, You'd be looking at the surface of the water, and then you can kind of, like 20 feet down, you can kind of make out that there's a big all ink cloud.
0: Right, so I'd obviously be going against the concealment, but what kind of AC bonus is he getting?
2: Uh, Really, really high. Yeah, like you're you're taking a minus two penalty for every five feet of water. And then, hold on a second, because this is our new... Cover rules for water, fully submerged, and more than five feet deep, they receive total cover, so that's a plus eight bonus, or no, improved cover is plus eight bonus. Total cover is they can't be targeted with attack rolls, and they don't have line of effect versus targeted spell effects. So you just literally can't, you can't target him from the depth that he's in, and even if you could, he's got total concealment with the ink cloud. So he's pretty much untouchable where you are right now. You'd have to j- get in the water. He does have those goggles, do they,
4: do those? They don't help against ink. They help against natural, like, sediment in the water, but an ink cloud is, is different. Yeah. That would obscure vision.
0: All right, first I'm going to take out my underwater crossbow. Okay. And then I'm going to take a running start, and see how far I can jump out.
2: I mean, acrobatics check. You've got a running start. That's a 27. That's a long jump. Like, for a long jump, isn't it just one for one? I think it might be with a running start. You can jump up to 25 feet past the bow of the ship.
0: What? I don't want to jump that far.
2: You don't have to. That's why I said up to.
0: Could I... Okay, so instead of...
2: You could be directly 20 feet above it in the water if you want it to be.
0: Could I go, like, this way? Sure. And he's 20 feet below, right?
2: Yeah, he's 20 feet under the surface.
0: Could I apply some of my jumping distance into, like, you know, like, if you dove into the water, like carry that momentum to propel yourself downward you can no uh <laughs> you can no
2: not if, if like if you're going for distance and depth no
0: well i was thinking like so let's say i jumped 10 feet out here right could i have the momentum carry me another five feet down sure then i'll do uh, that so what? I'm five feet under devoth.
2: devoth it is your turn
4: all right i am going to i guess freedom of movement to drop far enough that I'm next to the octopus. Okay. And uh, does that take any... Does that is that considered a move action or anything?
2: No, it's the same as falling, which is no action. Okay, then I guess I'll full attack him. Uh, You're 10 feet away from him.
4: Oh, okay. Sorry, and then I guess that's a swim check to move up
2: to him. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's your whole turn, right?
4: Uh, Probably. Yeah, because it's more than 5 feet. Yeah. Oops, oh, sorry. Uh, 26 swim check. Yeah, you're fine. And I maintain rage.
2: Uh, the octopus is going to drop Tuck Tuck. Ah! And uh, it has total concealment, so this movement won't provoke. But it's then going to swim right here. And it's going to cast Lightning Bolt. And it's going to hit Tuck Tuck to Voth and Cheryl.
1: Oh my Wait a God.
2: Minute. Everybody give me reflex saves.
1: I'm going to use Ben Bolt to make it miss me. <laughs> you fucking oh. Lightning dude. <laughs> yeah,
2: so Lightning Bolt is going in a straight line uh ben bolt you you pick one five foot square that the spell is affecting and you instead make it affect one five foot square adjacent to that square he's going like watch i go straight Wait, over his can head i make
1: it hit himself
2: <laughs> um...
1: he's right in front of me can i shift it to him
2: it is an adjacent square
1: because that would be pretty cool
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i think i think you can nice i'm
1: totally gonna do that oh man <laughs> <laughs> once per day that's huh? great yeah once per day
2: okay so then uh cheryl and devoth give me reflex saves <laughs> devoth got a 22 okay
0: yeah Cheryl, cheryl got would get
5: 16
2: uh octopus got pretty pretty stupid high uh reflex save uh so he'll, he's only taken half okay so everybody takes 19 damage Except for those who made the reflex saves, in which case you take half that. And who made the reflex save?
0: <laughs> just himself.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, uh, Devoth, You pass yours. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now it is Scram's turn. Oh Jesus! Uh, You're alone in the boat.
0: Um, but you just saw a giant lightning bolt go off, so you know where to aim.
2: Did I though?
4: Did yeah. It? Well, you would have seen it. Sh- you would have seen at least like the the crackle under the water as it shot. You know, this way.
3: Okay. I don't
4: know anybody
3: to also know lightning bolt
4: you got nobody left to throw in the
3: water uh
2: moment of greatness okay uh cheryl you're up oh so i guess boy. at this point it's just pandemonium like you don't know where the <laughs> octopus went you don't know yeah. where he is but you, you know just, where that lightning
5: bolt you just got electrocuted <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have really bad <laughs> instincts so i can't just follow them make a swim check oh yeah thanks <laughs> keep me grounded axel yeah natural one but you get a 13 on a
2: natural one
5: yeah i told you i bumped up my swim oh
2: okay unless there's like something else going on like in like your standard water environment i cheryl you never need to roll a swim check
5: that's i'm weeping (laughs) (laughs) i'm not showing it but there's tears rolling down my face Uh, just
4: as a note devoth has that same would have that same condition then all right cool
5: Oh 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 you ready for this guys? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna blow your guys' minds with this. I cast true strike. It gives me like a plus twenty on my next attack or something. Yep. So and, and it might even like break concealment. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what it does. But I know it's <laughs> I know I'm using it.
2: It's got a verbal component, so you're gonna have to make a concentration check to cast it while underwater.
5: Alright, nerd. Here it comes. Here's your concentration check. I'm gonna crush this thing. Alright. Where is it? Boom, twenty four.
2: That seems pretty good. I'll say that passes.
4: Um, Also, real quick, I'm looking at True Strike. The last clause in the spell: additionally, you are not affected by the mischance that applies to attackers trying to strike a
2: concealed target.
1: Nice. So
2: who does he? So you cast it on yourself? Oh, it's personal. He
4: has to cast it on himself.
1: Oh,
2: (laughs) jeez,
4: I got so excited.
5: i would get six of them i would prepare you, if, yeah. if i could cast that somebody else
2: you're gonna also yeah. have to cast that defensively if you don't want to provoke an attack of opportunity
5: yeah well i don't so here it comes crit all right. nice. 36 natural 20 i'm so fucking concentrated you can't even stand now <laughs> yeah oh,
2: so you dude. can swim five feet all right tuck tuck you're up
1: i trying i've been trying to figure out what the hell i'm gonna do um okay
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna do you a favor and I'm going to give you a week to figure out what you want to do. We'll see you oh. next week. Oh, no.
1: Book four. See you. Oh,
5: <laughs> see ya. <laughs> see ya.
3: I need to know the limits of this spell.
2: Yeah, it's Push called it Don't Be a Fucking head. Asshole. <laughs>